Chapter 1. The Crime Nobody believed me when I said two skunks stole my old trike. But I'd seen those stinkers take it. Swear. The night of the stolen trunk, trike, my mom made me come home after I had dinner with my best friend Ashwin, because we had school the next day. Ashwin always dares me to see who can drink the most of his mom's chai, and I always win, so I was on my way back from the bathroom in the middle of the night. Waking up to pee three times is a small price to pay for victory. That's what I think anyway, even if my mom doesn't agree. I checked the window and everything seemed okay at first. I snuck a peek at my brand new silver and blue bike. Mom and I gave it to me in October when I turned nine. I call it steed, you know, like a knight's shining steed. Our house is on this tiny one block street in Santa, Santa Barbara, Cabello Road. Cabello actually means knight in Spanish. I don't speak Spanish, but my dad does. Well, to me, that street name has always been a sign that I was supposed to be a knight. Like, for real. If your home is a castle, and my house totally is, then the driveway is a drawbridge. The sidewalks, a moat. My bedroom's even like a watchtower. I have a window right over the driveway with a view straight out to Cabrero Road. It is my job to keep a lookout, and that's what I was doing the first time I saw the skunks. Seeing Steed out there made me smile, even though I was sleepy. But then I heard this weak creak and leaned a little closer to my window. I squinted up and down the driveway, checking everything out. Something was missing from the dark jumble of stuff by the garage, and I was pretty sure what it was. My rusty old trike doesn't shine in the dark anymore, like Steed does, but the right back wheel has this creak, and I definitely heard that. I don't ride the trike or anything, but my little sister Mila does, and I always have to make sure she puts the trike back where where she's supposed to. That night, the trike should have been where I used to park it when I was a little kid. It shouldn't have been out in the corner or sideways in the dirt, and it definitely shouldn't have been rolling down the driveway, but it was. My breath was making the glass all foggy. I rubbed it away so I could see better, and at first, I thought the trike was rolling by itself. I don't know, like being pushed by by the window. But when the driveway light clicked on, I saw them, two little black and white skunks, one on each pedal, holding onto the handlebars with, the t- with, with their tails high in the air. One skunk went up, the other went down, up, down, up, down, up, down, right onto the sidewalk. When they got to the street, the skunk on the right pulled hard on the handlebar and they wobbled around the corner. That's weird, I said, leaning so close my nose touched the glass. I waited for a few minutes, but nothing else happened. Staring into the dark to see if the skunks would come back, my my head felt all fuzzy. My eyes went all blinky. I flopped onto my bed, kicking at the covers, thinking, two skunks can't steal a trike. No way. I kept popping up onto my elbows to peek out the window, but pretty soon my head was too sleep-fogged to even look. I jerked away a couple of times and wiped some drool off my cheek, but I never heard that rusty creak again. Did I fall in my, did I fail in my solemn duty as a watchman, as a knight? What was I supposed to do, raise an alarm? Even half asleep, I guess, I knew nobody would believe me. I knew that mom and, I knew what mom and dad would say. And after a while, even I thought those skunks had to be, And after a while, even I thought those skunks had to be a dream, but they weren't.
Chapter 2, The Smile. The next morning, I was crunching a huge bite of cereal when I remembered my dream that wasn't really a dream. It squirted back into my brain. Last night, two skunks stole my old trike, I said. Little bits of cereal exploded out of my mouth and oozed down my chin. My little sister, Mila, laughed. I kicked, under, I kicked her under the table. Not hard, but you know, just to keep her in line. That's a funny dream, Mateo, Mom said, putting the milk away. Then she smiled at me over the rim of her coffee cup. Whenever she smiled that smile, I smiled back. I was always dreaming up strange stuff, and I loved making Mom laugh at breakfast before it was time for all of us to leave the house. So I forgot all about the skunks and that old trunk trike. I forgot about protecting my castle and being a knight, but only for a while. Mom stacked our cereal bowls in a heap and splashed them into the kitchen sink. Time to go, she said, and clicking across the kitchen. Her smile was gone, and Mateo, and Mateo, no more leaving Mila behind. You have to wait for her to cross the street together. I will, I said, barely moving my mouth. Mila laughed again, but I didn't kick her. It's not me that leaves Mila behind, but I could tell Mom wasn't in the mood to hear that excuse again. Besides, a knight does his duty without complaint. Mostly. Mom stopped at the door to the garage and scooped her keys out of the bowl. I mean it, Mateo. If you still want to walk to school with Ashwin, then you have to be responsible for Mila. Otherwise, I'll just drive you both. I said I'll do it, I told her. Mom gave me a different kind of look, the one I hated, the one that said, please don't make me late for work. She scooped up her purse, a stack of papers, and her black laptop. She stooped, she stopped for a second in the doorway to the garage, holding the door open with her shoulder. And hold her hand at the light, Miho. It's your job to keep her safe. Mom didn't wait for me to answer. The door to the garage slammed shut behind her. Bang. So I zipped my lunch into my backpack and pushed Mila out the door. I wanted to get to the sidewalk before Mom got, to her, got her car out of the garage so she would see me taking Mila. I thumped down the steps with Mila ahead of me. The garage door groaned open and the brakes on Mom's old car squealed. I walked fast down the driveway while Mila shuffled up to me every few steps, her backpack drumming on her butt. We went past the shed and all of our dusty old junk past the tangle of houses, I'm sorry, past the tangle of hoses and extension cords my dad always forgets to put away, and past the place where I should have checked for the old trike. At the sidewalk, Mila stopped to wave to Mom. Bye, Mommy, Mila shouted, hopping up and down. I didn't wave, but I watched until Mom's car turned the corner. Mom didn't wave back at Mila. She was holding a coffee cup in her hand. I don't think she even saw me. I started walking again just a little too fast. Mila's black cowgirl boots went bam, 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 and I knew she was following me, so I just kept going without looking back. Mila caught up right before the corner, and I grabbed the straps on my backpack so she couldn't hold my hand, because we we weren't even close to Las Positas. That's That's the only time I would ever be caught holding hands with my little sister. But she didn't stop and try to grab my hand or even slow down. Bam, bam, bam. She zoomed around the corner with her backpack shaking. So I didn't have time to think about the trike or the skunks or anything. Mila, I growled. Wait up. 
I started to run. The day before, someone, I don't even know who, had seen Mila crossing Las Pasitas by herself, not holding anybody's hand, and called my mom. Las Pasitas is a super busy street, so I almost got in huge trouble. What I guess that someone didn't notice was me and Ashwin running right behind Mila, shouting at her to wait up. Mila thinks she's all big now because she's going to a real school, but she isn't actually in real school. She's only in TK, Transitional Kindergarten. If you had asked me, I would have said she was too little for that too. She had just turned five last month, but mom did not ask me. If it's my job to hold Mila's hand when we were crossing Las Pasitas, then I think it should be Mila's job to wait up. I ran a little faster. I was almost to the end of the block. When I turned the corner, I saw Mila using the sidewalk, or I saw Mila using the crosswalk by herself, and I kind of tripped a little. But she had only gotten to Costello Street, and she's allowed to do that one on her own as long as I'm watching. Well, I was watching just from pretty far away. I caught my balance, grabbed my backpack straps, and pounded my feet on the sidewalk. I couldn't risk having Mila get to Los Pasitas without me again. No way was I going to let Mom drive me to school like a kindergartner. I put my head down and tried to ignore the cramp on my side. Mila moved pretty fast for a little kid when she wanted to. Actually, she moved pretty fast, period. I found her standing on top of one of those big rocks across from Oak Park rocking back and forth on her heels. I bent over my knees, panting. I said, wait up, Mila. You're going to get me in trouble. And we're supposed to wait for Ashwin, too. That's the whole point of taking you. She made this little scrunched-up face, didn't answer, and then, bam, jumped down next to me and started walking again. I didn't really have a choice. I had to just go with her. Ashwin would have to catch up with us. I stuck next to her, but I didn't hold her hand. That's when I thought about it again. The trike, I mean not her hand. That old trike. Had it been there in the driveway when we left home? I couldn't remember, and that felt wrong. Before the night of the stolen trike, I thought I basically knew what was going on in all the backyards and garages in our neighborhoods, even the ones I was never allowed to go in. Like I knew that Mr. Mendoza had 12 fruit trees, but he never picked any fruit. His backyard could have been a medieval battlefield, slippery with the blood of slain plums. Sometimes I wondered what happened in all of those backyards and garages when I had to go to school and I wasn't around to keep an eye on things. I never knew I had to worry about what was going on at night, too, and I definitely never knew I had to worry about skunks. Dad doesn't really get my obsession with knighthood or with books, but he always smiles when I tell him I've been watching over the neighborhood. His truck has a magnetic sign on the door that says Xavier's Electric with a thunderbolt on the bottom. I used to think he was like a secret superhero, that this was before I knew about knights. Now I know he's just a fancy contractor. I don't mean just, like it's not something important. He pays his workers good and he has tons of awesome tools, but now I know he can't, like, fly. Dad does have the heart of a superhero, though. He says you have to keep an eye on your street, do your duty, and take pride in your work. So when I remember the skunks again, I felt like I had let him down. If I was right about what I saw, then two skunks were out in the neighborhood somewhere on an old red trike, and nobody knew about, nobody knew but me. 
but I didn't know what to do about what I maybe knew. I thought again for the tiniest second about telling Mila about the skunks to see what she would say, but she was only five and I didn't think she knew anything. She was marching along the sidewalk with her hands on her straps. She was getting pretty far ahead again, too. Her hunched up shoulders, jiggling backpack, and smacking the sidewalk boots all said, I'm big enough, I'm big enough, I'm big enough to cross Los Pesitos without you. I ran up and snatched her hand right at the corner. I pushed the sidewalk button, I pushed the crosswalk button, and made her wait for the little walking guy while the cars buzzed past on the huge four-lane road. My heart was still beating hard, and the eucalyptus branches were all rattling in the wind, shaking their heads at me, because no way would a knight let his little sister cross that street alone. Mom and Dad hadn't even allowed me to cross Los Pesitas by myself until I was in the third grade. I looked back down the hill toward home to see if my friend Ashwin was coming yet. I wished I remembered to check the driveway for that old trike. I was pretty sure even if I had, that the trike wouldn't have been there. But pretty sure it's never quite good enough for me. It never really gets super cold in Santa Barbara, even in January, but something made me shiver. A big brown car with noisy brakes stopped all fast at the crosswalk when the light turned yellow. I yanked Mila back a little, away from the car's rumbling engine, waiting for the light to really turn green before I let Mila start walking. I guess I squeezed her hand too hard or something. Owie, she said. I thought you liked when I squeezed her hand. Nope, she said, smacking her pee. I turned around for a second and finally saw Ashwin running up the hill, dragging his green backpack on the sidewalk. But by then, the signal was flashing, and Mila pulled me onto the, sidewalk, onto the crosswalk. Talking to Ashwin about those skunks in my driveway would, have just, would just have to wait, because Mila wouldn't. She glared down at the pavement, tugged me along, and squeezed my hand too hard right back. But I knew she liked holding it. I knew she wished I would let her hang on to my arm the whole way to school like I was her old stuffed monkey. But it was only my job to hold her hand when we crossed big streets with stoplights and stuff. And I always did my job. I mean, I mostly did my job. So I smiled at Mila and let her hold my hand tight as she wanted. Because... She's my little sister, and I'm supposed to take care of her. I smiled, and she smiled back. She always did. She couldn't help it.